live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude again. This is the father and son TTRPG and MMA podcast. And we are delighted to have Chris Eddy, the co-founder and CEO of Alchemy RPG. Chris, you're a he, him. Um, and we are super, super delighted to have you and kind of talk about all things Alchemy. So welcome. Thanks a lot for having me, you guys. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Uh, MMA slash TTRPG, those are uh, two acronyms I've never heard together. But uh, <laughs> I'm it's, uh, do you know, we get that a lot, actually. We get that a lot. It's, uh, you, weirdly, there is a Venn diagram, though very small. Though <laughs> very, The overlap very small. is three people, as far as, we're, <laughs> as, far as we've discovered. And I mean, we're two of those people. <laughs> with, uh, with everybody playing fantasy sports these days, which to me is playing Dungeons and Dragons as a, as a, a sports fan, mm-hmm. uh, maybe there is a world there where we've got fantasy MMA and we just make it D&D oh. or something. That would be awesome. We, we've, we've definitely looked into some stuff like that, for sure. <laughs> to be fair, there, there is there's quite a community. I mean, it's yeah, it's passionate. I would say it's smaller, smallish. Yeah. There's quite a community. We had, uh, we had B. Dave Walters on a couple months ago, and, and we were wanting and prepared to talk about D&D, and back then it was WotC and all this <laughs> other stuff. We, we literally sprung board to MMA and just his history and love of it, and that was three three quarters of the podcast. Yeah, we're talking just, about MMA awesome. and what he loved about <laughs> MMA. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a beautiful cross section and also, you know, obviously helps with GMing and things like that, that I, yeah. you know, we both watch a lot and have competed in things, you know, so it means that we're, we're very aware of how combat actually works um, yeah. as, as, as opposed to, you know, what you see in Kung Fu movies with wire gags and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I, um, I definitely grew up on, um, on, like the Hoist Gracie era, Ken Shamrock, mm. like oh, yeah. that old, old stuff. Um, and I remember as a kid, like there's nothing cooler than a guy in a karate gi, like beating up a 600 pound man in a, in a ring. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would, I, I would say, yeah, it is, it is pretty rare. Like, uh, I think, you know, if you, if you embrace all the stereotypes of what, you know, your typical RPG nerd is, Mm-hmm. I think what's what's really cool is like that's changing, you know. Um yeah. I I have the background as an athlete as well like playing yeah. um semi-pro football and and stuff wow. like that and hmm. uh and and yeah, where 30 years ago like that would never be a thing. Um mm-hmm. I think now more and more I'll meet people at conventions who are like yeah, I'm an athlete or I work out and I play D&D, <laughs> you know, and I care about my health. So it's kind of refreshing to see that. I, I fully agree. Do you know what's interesting? Like I, a lot of my friends, it's, it's very funny. A lot of my friends have known me through my high school years. I was, you know, very much a, a sports person, an athlete, a jock, you know, whatever term you want to use. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I became, you know, like a, a skateboarder and, you know, I, you know, martial arts lover and all this kind of stuff. And whenever I tell people, you know, I'm into D&D, they're like, oh, wait, wait, you with the skull cap, the tattoos and the, yeah. and the skateboard, <laughs> you're, you're, you like D&D? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's freaking awesome. And so I, I feel that it's, it's nice as well that I think, you know, once the whole COVID thing happened and everyone got online, especially within the D&D community, 
we just started discovering pockets of people that you're like, oh, wow, I'm actually really similar to you guys. Or, oh, you know, we're, we're you know, of similar kin, you know, outside of D&D, so we can be friends in D&D, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that was one of the best things that happened mm. about COVID was just finding other and realizing how vast the community was. You know, a lot of people think it's, you know, Stranger Things, young kids, nerds, you know, yeah. blowing their nose and, and, you know, and rolling <laughs> dice in the basement. But, you know, it's it's a much more wide and expensive community. I mean, look at B. Dave. Dude is six foot nine and a freaking athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, I met him in person for the first time at Gen Con this last mm. year. And, um, you know, we were like sitting down at a meeting and, and then he stood up and, and he, he put on a mask and it was like this Darth Vader mask. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, whoa, like this is a specimen of a human being. He's so tall. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I think, I think, yeah, uh, I had a kind of a similar like upbringing too. um, in high school, started off playing sports and then you know, started skating and playing guitar and smoking weed and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that, that's, that's sort of like changed through these different, like, I guess, buckets and stereotypes that I uh, jumped into. But one thing that was always there since I was a little, little kid was playing board games and, um, and making my own, you know, fantasy. I remember mm. hacking my hero quest set so many times with, with my best friend and my brother and um you know we create our own adventures and mm -hmm. um we were playing dnd before we even knew dnd existed and um and then getting into the whole like fantasy mmo era with ultima online mm -hmm. and just like falling deeply in love with that but it was always like that constant that i never really shared with anybody or talked about and i was never like embarrassed to be a nerd i don't think mm -hmm. but like it just never came up as like a common a mm. common conversation piece like hey what like nerdy voice are you working on right now for your like, <laughs> skills? um but i think that that's been to your point like it's especially accelerated with covid is people starting to understand and see that like there are a lot of people in this space there are a lot of people really interested in fantasy and sci-fi and mm. doctor who and you mm. know the stranger things like all these things that are kind of bubbling up and you know you can you can call it the people magazine geek is chic or geeks are inheriting the earth or whatever but i i think it's always been there um mm. and and people are just embracing it more and as it becomes more like mainstream culture so it's very yeah. cool to see very cool i, well, I want to jump into alchemy but i just had you, you mentioned did you say Ultima Online? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you describe that to Bodhi? Because he has like, I, I, do you yeah, know I, it? No, I definitely okay. have no idea. This is the very first a... MMO. And just, just describe like what your kit was and what the experience was. Because he will, you know, th this is where we, this is where it all started, really. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you got to set the setting. And it was 1998. I had a, a Pentium 166, I think, with a 56K modem. Um, upgraded from a 36.6, um, but uh, yeah, old, old CRT monitor, um, and I was playing, and I was on AOL, tying mm. up the phone line while my mom was yelling at me. Um, to <laughs> the computer. Uh, but um, but in all of that like archaic technology, I was playing a massively multiplayer online game with thousands of people at the same time. Um, and uh, it was the first of so many things. Uh, it was a first MMO, but it was also like 
the first, the first like real time, um, like, uh, uh, server that was sharded, they called them shards mm -hmm. because like in the Ultima lore, there's like a crystal in it and it breaks on the ground and there are all these shards of the crystal, uh, encapsulate all these different worlds of Cesarea, which is like oh, wow. the world of Ultima. Um, and so when they created the technology behind the game, they created all these distributed servers and they called them shards. And now sharding is like an incredibly popular way, uh, like an IT term for yeah. creating distributed servers and, um, and having them, you know, sort of connect into one, one mm. like matchmaking services and stuff like that. So yeah. like, I mean, there was a ton of technological pioneering that they did as well, but for me and for so many other people that was the first time like i actually melted into a character and mm -hmm. lived in a fantasy world um mm -hmm. and experienced true escapism yeah. and when i look back on that time that time in my life 1998 like escapism became like my my like the, the ultimate thing i was always seeking and yeah. um and that ultimately led me into a career where i was building tools to help people escape you know their reality whether it was good or bad um mm. you know but just to i think you know have yourself melt into a different world is like i think something that so many people enjoy um it's such a necessary thing too i think um you know i uh my my background's in like uh user experience design and working in tech mm -hmm. and I uh, started off in music, like digital music. And, and uh, I remember there was a point in my career where I was like, I just really want to like help the world, right? I want to use mm. my tools to do something that's like super powerful. And I remember uh, at that time joining Google and I was thinking like, if I can help people like search the internet to like build a well in an emerging country or a developing nation or, or, or like me learn all of my skills by like, Googling it, um, mm -hmm. that would be so much more powerful for the, for the world than music. And I, I think through that experience, I realized like the importance of entertainment and escapism and, um, artistic expression and all that stuff. And I was like, well, shoot, like music, gaming, uh, TV and movies. It's, it's all such an important cornerstone to our society. It's storytelling, it's, it's escapism, it's entertainment, but, um, those things are, I mean, we're lost without those things. So anyway, hundred percent, dude, that was the most awesome answer ever. And I, I, I think, you know, across the board, you, you, you touched on so many different things. And I think, you know, for me growing up as well as a very similar thing, you know, I, I often would, you know, the circles that I ran in, we're not talking about Lord of the Rings and we're not talking about freaking like Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And we're not talking <laughs> about, you know, like, you know, animes or things like that. Do you know what I mean? And so I think, you know, for me as well, I had all that underlying stuff and it's always been a case, you know, for me as well. I, I didn't have as much of, I didn't do much gaming and things like that. Cause where, where we grew where I grew up in America, we, you know, PlayStation one was in existence then basically. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved to Spain, we didn't even have a TV. I didn't have, we didn't have anything. So mm -hmm. For me, my whole thing was getting into adventures in my own head, making up stories that I'm like going off into, you know, up into the like the, you know, campos as we call them, like up into the farming areas and down to the beach and, you know, and just making up all this stuff in my head as a young kid back when, you know, parents would let their kids just roam about and do wild <laughs> things. Um, and um, 
you know, like, I think you're right that escapism is such a big part. And I love that you had this kind of circle that went from, you know, being like, oh man, music isn't the one. And like, that's not giving enough to then coming back around and realizing, holy shit, you know, actually some of that stuff is actually what gives the most. And I think, you know, I, I talk about this with Tom all the time. If you look at like consistency, um, consistency amongst humans throughout all of time, like if we think about the things that have been there since the beginning, you know, it's hunting, it's gathering, it's telling stories and it's making noise. And that is, that is it. Do you know what I mean? And whether that making noises in the form of, you know, hundreds of years after cavemen and, you know, billions and hundreds of years, all that kind of stuff, you have people sat around a fire telling stories or, you know, playing, you know, basic instruments or, you know, having ceremonies as tribes and things like that. Spiritual leaders that again are telling, you know, stories of the stars and, you know, it's been a consistent thing all the way through. And, you know, it's, it's for humans, it's, it's key. And, you know, I, I respect as well that you you said, you know, you're you're back in trying to do something for the for the community. You know, it's something that we say a lot with the the Kickstarter that we're working on at the moment. You know, I, I say this and I I kind of posed this to Tom probably about six months ago. And he was like, wow, that's that's powerful. And I was just like, you know, I want what we make as a Kickstarter to be our love song to the D&D community. This is me saying thank you for years of pleasure and years of time that I've spent escaping and, and experiencing all that stuff. So this is my love song and I hope everyone plays it on repeat. Do you know what I mean? I hope that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's what it's all about. And I think, you know, trying to give something back to a space and a thing that is giving us so much throughout time and, you know, TTRPGs are a beautiful space to do that. Uh, of all the storytelling tools that exist currently, you know, film is spectacular. Television is amazing. Books are incredible. But, and, you know, games are getting more wild as, as, as we go, you know, with VR and things, you know, taking their next kind of steps. Um, I, I, just, I just personally think, you know, TTRPGs are a space that are so unique. It's so pure. Yeah. Storytelling is just so on a next level. There's so much freedom and and abilities to, you know, explore characters, explore the depths of your character and things like that. And man, I, I'm, I'm thankful for people like yourself um, who, who are out here creating tools to, to help us push this forward and, and, and grow in this space as well. Um, I would love to ask you a question, dude, um, yeah. about kind of the, the process of you doing all this. Because, you know, we talk about purity and, and we've talked about this with other tabletop makers, um, virtual tabletop makers, you know, the purity of the the dice and the paper and the pencil and the theater of mind and all of that. What inspired you to take the leap into the virtual side and to, to bring kind of those tools together into one platform as, a, as opposed to, you know, <clears throat> live along this, this purity thing that we, that a lot of people talk about. A lot of the advanced d are like, yeah, if it's not with a pencil, you're not doing it the right way, you know, <laughs> kind of thing and, and whatnot. So, uh, I would just love to hear how you kind of came through this rediscovering TTRPGs and then going, you know what, it's time to build something that helps people in, in, in that space. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, I, I, definitely, I definitely started with binders and pencils and <laughs> paper and, and dice and all that stuff when I was a kid. And, and I think that nostalgia is a powerful thing. Like we see mm -hmm. that driving our culture today with where everything's just a remake of Marvel <laughs> or DC or whatever. Um, but it's not always the thing. I think that there's moments in time, uh, as we, as we progress and we innovate, um, mm -hmm. I mean, human beings just to go back to, I mean, you put this in my head about us being hunter gatherers and evolving and we're tool builders. Like that's what we do. That's what makes us, 
um, yeah. you know, the top of the food chain uh, over creatures and things that are much more powerful than we are. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I think that, I think that after 50 years, uh, there's a new generation of players, people mm -hmm. who are experiencing this hobby. And, um, and I think that uh, it's, it's time to reimagine what it is to experience these games uh, for this generation. Mm -hmm. This generation um, doesn't know how to write in cursive. Uh, <laughs> they, they don't, uh, they think, you know, uh, flipping a textbook is, is inefficient because you can't command F and search your way through it. Um, mm -hmm. You can't uh, undo something. Yeah, you, there's there's so many like uh, there's so many, I think, muscle memory reactions to a generation that was born on a computer. Uh, yeah. And and so some of these things as nostalgic as we may be about them don't translate. And um, and I think that, you know, we've seen this uh, to use music, for an example, we've seen this change in many different ways and, and in recent years faster and faster. You know, starting with with uh, with records and eight tracks and cassettes mm -hmm. and CDs and uh, and then moving into like digital music and MP3s and and then now into like streaming and terrestrial uh, not terrestrial radio that was kind of back further but mm -hmm. um, but I think that for for every few generations like you need to reinvent the medium and mm -hmm. and I actually feel a bit of an urgency around this because. I think that we are seeing a resurgence of of tabletop gaming, but I don't think the next fifty years will sustain on on um, books, pen and paper. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that it needs to be re reinvented for the way that people experience mediums. Um, people have new expectations, like they they it needs to run on my mobile phone. Um, I need to be able to mm -hmm. speak in real time with perfect clarity uh, mm -hmm. with with my friends and. When I move my token, my friend should see it, and and um, you know, so so I think that uh, as as nostalgic as I am about pen and paper, I I fully embrace um, reimagining the game digitally, and and even beyond that, like we're not we're not uh, we took us so long to embrace the term VTT because mm. we're we don't feel like we're virtualizing a table. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have 3D dice in alchemy. Um, yeah. We'll never have uh, dice clunk across the screen. Yeah. Um, we don't have 3D miniatures. Um, yeah. You know, and, and in so many ways, we look at those types of things like, all right, what is a dice roll? Um, it's a way to get to a mechanical result. But what are the what does it feel like to roll dice? Um, what do we love about dice? We love to collect them. We love the way they look. We love the way they feel in our hands. And when we roll them, we love the anticipation of, is it going to be a one or a 20? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so we ask ourselves those questions and then we think, okay, how do we implement that digitally? Mm -hmm. um, in the same sense, you know, what is tactical? Why do you need a, a, a grid and why do you need minis? Why mm -hmm. do you need measuring tools? Why do you need fog of war? Um, you, abstract those, you abstract those answers and ask more questions like, you know, what do, what do people need with when they're fogging a map? Well, yep. they need to be able to obscure things from their players so that they can reveal them at a point in the story that's powerful. Mm -hmm. um, cool, how do we implement that? Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that what, what we're attempting to do 
uh, is to reimagine the experience of playing tabletop role-playing games. And I think that's created so many unique challenges for us because people, people have a notion for how to do something in their minds and people are naturally adverse to change. And so the, the reason why I think this like VTT transfer was, uh, didn't come without, without, uh, some friction, but it was a little bit easier because it's just a digitalization of what you would yeah. be doing at the table. So that's a one-to-one -one match. Yeah. Um, but when you create something like, I think completely different and there's nothing for people to kind of grab onto and then jump off from, mm -hmm. uh, that's been the thing that we've been trying to figure out. And I, uh, I always go back to like that old Henry Ford quote where he's like, um, if I, if I asked the people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse because mm -hmm. in their minds, they weren't thinking about automobiles and this completely yeah. new method of transportation. Um, but in all things, innovation, you have to meet people where they are and then show them where you want to go. And that's been a huge challenge for us. And, and so I think in the last year specifically, we have embraced terms like nice. virtual tabletop, uh, nice. you know, much to our chagrin. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have implemented tactical mode features. Um, we're still holding out on 3D dice, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that um, that's, that's been a, a big journey is figuring that yeah. out. Do you know what, dude, you're, you're fucking hella articulate, bro. That, is, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was exceptionally well said. Holy, holy hell. Um, I think, do you know what? Oh, shit, you might have just convinced me. Um, would, would be maybe what, what I say coming off the end of that. Do you know what? I wanted to ask Tom a question, actually, based off of what you've said. Because when Tom first picked up Dungeons & Dragons or TTRPGs as a whole, as we've now played other systems, we started on pen and paper. When we did Lost Minds of Fandelver, and then you know from there you have moved to more digital tools. You specifically, of people that I know, prefers using some of the digital stuff in terms of like D and D Beyond and things like that. Um, I wanted to just ask you, kind of, where's where's your hat, head at with it at this point? Because I know you know you, again, you come from a generation before where you know paper and pen were you know, the thang, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and now, and you know, now you're, now you're at a place where we're using D and D beyond that does all the maths for you, solves all of that stuff. So where, where are you at on all that dude? Because it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird space to be in for someone who's, you know. yeah, I think so contextualizing it, everyone has a different answer to this, right? Mm. Everyone, you know, some people are really, really love math and really mm. love the, you know, the mechanics of problem solving that way, mm. or other people, you know, really enjoy role playing. And, um, and everything in between. I'm, I'm more on the role-playing side of things. So when I look at wh whether it's VTTs or pen and paper, is, if it's distracting me from really engaging in role-play at the table and with my DM or GM, then I tend to, I tend to try to avoid it as much as I can. If it can enhance that experience, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. So I know that you know, this is a big part of what you all are, are exploring, that the cinematic effects. And when I say enhance, you know, if it does have a music, you know, a, a tone that it's, it's actually a contributing to a feeling that we're, we're in at that moment, I'm in. If yeah. it has, you know, if it has a background that is really dynamic, that gives me that sense, that, that um, sort of immersive sense that I'm in that space, I'm, and it's, it's enhancing the feeling of reality for me, I'm in. Mm -hmm. So... 
those are the things that are really important to me. If it becomes too busy and too, you know, too much, you know, kind of quote unquote lever pulling and, you know, uh, button pressing and all this other stuff, I think it takes away from my experience. It takes away from my experience. I'm yeah. much more heavily role play based. That's the thing I enjoy. I enjoy feeling in TTRPGs because I think a lot of my life outside of TTRPGs to some degree, not always, but to some degree, those feelings that I can enjoy in TTRPGs, whether it's extreme happiness, sadness, hilarity, um, drama, fear, all those things. I feel like there is a platform that I can play in, in TTRPGs that's super healthy for me as a human being. And I want to be in that space. And if you give me tools to, to bring more of that out, I'm in. If you're, if you're complicating my life, I become a little bit less, you know, it's, it's yeah, that's kind of where I am. That's super interesting. Yeah, Tom, Go I think that's, you, you hammer on so many things that are uh, like a part of our ethos, I think, at Alchemy, um, which is, I, I think, a great jumping off point from this notion that we're not creating a virtual table. Um, yeah. if, if you create a virtual table, you're focused on so many mechanical things that you can do in this space that the complications are insane. If I pick up this pencil and I twirl it around in my fingers, like it's a very simple thing to do. But if you were to digitize this, you know, you've got 360 degree movement, you've got to create buttons for me to like tilt this or like touch controls, or you know, there's just so many things that if you translate to virtual, uh, they become so much more complex than just yeah. a muscle memory movement. And, and so I think for us, when we started Alchemy, we were focused on exactly what you're describing, Tom, which is a way to enhance feelings, um, enhance vibe, uh, mm. enhance experience. And so, uh, you know, we, we were, me and my friends were playing on a virtual tabletop and we were the same way. We were storytellers, we're role players, we're all ex-musicians. And so, you know, we'd be playing music over here. We'd have our voice chat over here. We'd have our VTT over here. We'd have our rules over here. You know, there's just so many things everywhere that made it hard to just be here. Yeah. And I found myself like most of the time turning off my monitor and just having my headphones on and the music and a good mix and like closing my eyes and just pretending I was like this goblin ranger, mm. um, you know, in, in this uh, Eberron campaign we were playing. But uh, um, then we started kind of, my, my best friend and I, we played in the same campaign as a software engineer and I'm a, I'm a designer. And so we started thinking about like, well, how do we build something that can help capture mood mm. and vibe? And we started off just building a scene with music. And, um, and for the longest time, I, I think a year of nights and weekends, we were just building vibe. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, my biggest inspiration, like software inspiration, building all that stuff was Keynote, uh, mm. which is the Apple version of PowerPoint, um, mm. which is a tool created to tell stories. And, um, you know, you've got your transitions and the slide effects, but everything is built out in a slide deck. And, um, and so the core of Alchemy is a slide deck uh, okay. with ambient music and sound. And now all the things we've built onto it um, years later, but, uh, but it was always about manufacturing mood and, and vibe. And, okay. and I think um, 
I, I think uh, that's what I needed. Uh, yeah. I needed that to go to that place. And, um, and that's my hypothesis that I have for this new generation of players is that they need it too. Because, yeah. you know, maybe back in you know, 19, 1998 or 1980, we, we could sit in the basement with just paper and some minis and really go there. But mm. now we've got CGI and, you know, mm. incredible video games, uh, cyberpunk, like yeah. all of this material and uh, media that it desensitizes our, I think, our limiter for the imagination. And so alchemy is meant to be that purity, to go back to that mm. first question, mm. it is meant to capture that pure feeling of telling stories with your friends and role playing and exploring and doing combat. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's, uh, a tool to exercise your imagination and get you to that place. I want to talk about, I want to talk about like scenes and, and, and something else that I've, I've noticed about your background as well as also the alchemy kind of layout itself. You seem to have a very minimalistic kind of vibe about you in terms of, you know, you got the, the plain white walls, you know, everything's kind of spacious <laughs> and it feels the same when I look at alchemy, you know, when. When I look at alchemy and you know look through what you guys have and, and all the stuff that you've put out there, it looks so smooth. It just I love that dark theme kind of situation that you guys have going on. It's just very clean, slick, again, minimalistic almost in, in, in a way. And um, just just the essentials along with just gorgeous coloring, great like color palettes and, and, and things that you guys have chosen. You know, we, we actually used your your alchemy thing as reference for we're working on a not not a VTT at all, but a website of our own. Mm -hmm. And we used the minimalism and what you guys look like in the, the stunningness of your guys design as a, as a representation of something that we would be interested in looking at for, for mm -hmm. hours and something, you know, of, of a similar breath. I just wanted to ask, you know, where does that inspiration for you guys come? How did you get to the crux of being like, cool, this is going to be, you know, this gorgeous, like almost dark gray kind of vibe to it and, and adding this kind of, you know, again, fantasy allure, it feels like to it. How, how did you come to that? man? So I've got a really roundabout way of answering this question. Um, so <laughs> Forgive me. Um, oh, no, no, it's all good. I, Run with it. Run with it. Yeah, I I grew up really poor um, mm -hmm. with a single mom, uh, me and an older brother, and um, and I hated school. Um, and uh, long story short, I never went to college. Um, I never got any formal training in anything. My mom taught me how to work really hard and be driven, dedicated. Uh, I think I got an entrepreneurial spirit from my dad. Um, but, uh, you know, going, going into, going into technology at a high tech level, uh, it was always a place where I was a fish out of water. Um, mm. you know, working at, at Google with people who spent eight years in an Ivy league school, um, and, and, and come from all this background. And I'm like this kid from a trailer park in Oregon. Uh, who's like, you know, this really simple mindset. I remember mm -hmm. honestly spending my first six months at Google and I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I don't even know half the words they're saying in these meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and so like when someone would ask me my opinion, you know, they'd be throwing out all this big stuff and all this big you know, you know, words and training and all this stuff. And I'd be like, well, this is what I think. And it would be like, 
I, I think we should fucking move that button and do this. And, <laughs> and everyone would be like, Oh, that's so profound. And, <laughs> and uh, really what it was like, I think I went into that, that situation into my career with like this, uh, almost the shame of my upbringing. And then I just started owning it that like, I am the user. I am the person you're designing all the software for Amazon, yeah. Google, and Netflix. Like I'm that guy coming home from my blue collar job and kicking off my work boots to watch, you know, 17 episodes of breaking bad in a row. <laughs> um, and so, um, and so that simplicity is kind of what I'm getting at of, yeah. of like, just, it just, just make it make sense. Like, don't over-engineer it. And I think that's what's interesting about tech, at least in the past like 20 years, is you had to be at a very high level of education to work in tech, mm -hmm. but you're designing everyday products, like mainstay yeah. products, like my email app on my phone or my calendar, like it's designed by some like super intricate dude who's like studying color theory and you know, um, the gestalt method and the F pattern and all this stuff. Um, but the user's just like, I, I don't know, like it's my phone. I want it to make sense. So anyway, yeah. I think that like that's starting to shift now where like, mm -hmm. you know, people, people stop requiring like college degrees to like work in these types of jobs and stuff. But, um, but coming back to alchemy, um, I've, I've always been a fan of simplicity. I think to to the extent that like i'm a simple person and and i i like things to make sense and be really easy and i don't like to be confused yeah. um nobody does but i don't like to be overwhelmed either and that happens to me very easily i have one monitor i don't have two because i struggle with focus and attention yeah. um and uh and so when i design interfaces i think about that same thing and i think the biggest the the best way I can describe that as well from like a user experience perspective is I think if you think about RAM in a computer memory, um, it'll, it only has so much capacity. The hard drive has a ton, but the RAM has like only so much. And I think about the same thing for people's brains because we're basically computers. Mm -hmm. um, somebody has only so much RAM in their brain and everything you put on the screen whether it's a button or an animation or a transition effect or whatever it is, is eating up some yeah. of that processing power. And yeah. so the more of it you can remove, that's not necessary in the moment, um, the easier something's going to be to use and thus the, the more enjoyable of an experience it's going to be. And I think this is something that like, you know, the, the, all the VTTs out there, most of them are like 10 times more powerful than alchemy with brilliant engineers behind them. But this is a principle that like, I think if you look at a lot of them, there's just things everywhere and you can do anything and everything, but it's overwhelming to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my really long answer for simplicity. Dude, that, no, dude, thank, thank you for sharing that with yeah, us as well. I, you I know what comes that. to mind is, um, you know, back there, there's the old stories of Steve Jobs with the initial, well, I think it was the original, I'm not sure if it was the, maybe the iPhone or maybe even previous to the iPhone, but it was basically around how does this feel in my hand, right? So th there's an element of that that I can see in alchemy, 
but I see something else in, in, in you guys as well. And it might be interesting to talk about your team and how you went about this, because maybe, maybe the, you know, the, the storefront of Alchemy is we're really sort of, sort of, you know, basic, you know, kind of homegrown, you know, simple type guys, but behind the scenes, um, if you are at all curious about how, you know, for example, your Kickstarter was created, the the associations and the collaborations that you put in across the board, like it is insane for us. We're, we're just leading up to a Kickstarter right now. We know, we know exactly how hard it was for you to put all that in place <laughs> and have it and have it displayed the way it is. I mean, having, you know, five decks, in effect, 50 different, you know, deals that were struck for all of that content was insane. And, and by the way, congratulations, you know, you yeah, guys oh, killed massive, it. You absolutely killed yeah. it with, with both the number of backers and the amount of backing was deserved. And we look at it as a real inspiration on how to do something uh, appropriately. So can, can I chime in quickly? Yeah. I just want to say like something that has become very clear over this conversation. Now, I'm not sure if you're, you're the person talking to people or whether you have someone else within, within the throws that is doing the, you know, client liaising or whatnot. But if they're anything like you, I can see why all these, you know, why, why we see people, you know, why we look through the list of people that you're working with, as well as also people that have created content that you're converting for alchemy or, or, or making into alchemy. And, and it makes freaking a lot of fucking sense, dude. Why, <laughs> why, why, why you're, why you're, you know, why you're making these things? Because dude, you're, you're super well-spoken, dude. You, you know exactly where your head's at. You're driven. And dude, can I say something else as well as a person who also didn't go to college, someone who is you know, been taught by my dad, my work ethic, been taught by my mom, my creativity, you know, and, and has had to fight tooth and nail against, you know, whatever society says about all that. And it's at one point what Tom said about me not going to college and things like that <laughs> as an American dad. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, I, I just want to say I'm inspired by your story. I'm inspired by what uh, you guys have done. I'm you. inspired by, you know, what you guys are doing and that, that, you know, people out there can do it and that, you know, us, you know, People like us who, and I, I, I would take a guess, but I, I wanted to ask you as well. I'm not sure. Are, are you neurotypical or neurodivergent? I, if you're willing to, if you're happy to answer that question. I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer that everyone's on, on a spectrum of that. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, I would say that like, I, I have a, like a borderline ADHD mm. diagnosis. Um, mm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I've always struggled with focus and, yeah. and concentration and like, I have to have a completely silent room to be able to read text, <laughs> like <laughs> something yeah. like that. So, so yeah, I mean, to an extent. Dude, that's super. Yeah. Again, again, I'm, I'm neurodivergent myself, pretty badly dyslexic and definitely a weird bit of ADHD that seems to come, <laughs> seems to be coming on as I get older actually. Um, but I, I, you know, just appreciate a lot of what you've said and, and the angle that you're coming from, dude. You know, like, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll be 100% honest because uh, why, why not? Um, I, I have got a VTT that I use as my, like, it's my, you know, shard tabletop yeah. are, are my guys. I, I live and breathe shard tabletop. They have all my lore. They have everything that I have ever you know, put into Dungeons and Dragons and they've even got stuff that I don't put into Dungeons and Dragons because I still <laughs> use their VTT for other, um, other, you know, uh, TTRPGs, which they, which they don't support and things like that. 
But I just have to tell you, dude, I have, I, you, you are swaying me so hard in, <laughs> into, you know, one, just because, dude, I appreciate the people that are working on it. The people, you know, what you're saying and stuff resonates with me in a way that, you know, is, is very different to, you know, a, a lot of other stuff out there. And I, I just want to say, dude, like you, you, you've won me over in this conversation. I 100% will be subscribing to Alchemy and, and diving my GM mind into the space so I can see, you know, what you've put your work into, dude, because freak, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away on my end. Nice. Um, just wanted to Thank share you. that with you. No, of, of, of course, that. dude, like, no, of course. Um, Go for it. I know you want to continue talking about these these partnerships and stuff, and I know you had some questions because you know well, you're, you're always business minded. You're like, tell me, give me the secret sauce. <laughs> Go for it. Actually, no, it's 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 more okay. So there's there's actually two angles to this. I mean, one is you know as a father, and I have had a couple of businesses in the past that there has been some ingredients to those businesses that have been really important. And I see that, you know, you have your own formula that is producing both content, creativity. It looks like your, you know, your, your team dynamic is, is interesting to understand. I have my own sort of precepts, my, my own golden rules. But it'd be interesting to, 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 to hear you and what your thoughts are on, you know, A, what does the team look like? you know, behind the scenes? And then B, you know, how has that evolved? How is it continuing to evolve? What do you see as really important as members of your team? It sounds like you and your buddy came together. So that was just some like root foundational friendship and trust and hard work that you guys, common ground that you guys relied on and were able to lean on. But as you start growing and start bringing in other people in and making this thing a thing, um, what, what are some important aspects when you think about that? Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. Um, and one I, I love to, to talk about, uh, which is, um, yeah, like we, we started Alchemy to scratch our own itch. And I think all the best, all the best software, all the best products come from a, from a realm of that. And, um, yeah, my co-founder Isaac, uh, best friend in the whole world, um, uh, actually family by marriage. Uh, he married my cousin. <laughs> so we go way back, um, back to early high school when I joined a punk band and he taught me how to play a power chord. And, um, <laughs> and, and so Isaac and I, from the day we met, we've been creating together yeah. and, um, and our interests have always so intricately inter intertwined so that everything that we created, we were, we were sort of on the same page with what we wanted to do. And Isaac and I are yin and yang. Um, mm. I am emotional. Uh, I am sort of adventurous, risk taker. Uh, and he is calculated and, um, you know, measure the risk. Uh, mm. He's a mathematics major in, in college. Like, so, so we perfectly balance each other out in the realm of creation, but also now in the realm of business. And, um, and so I think the two of us hold a really strong core for what Alchemy is as a business. I think that as I think about building a business and now we're growing, um, we're around eight people at this point, eight, eight full time. And then we have several contractors as well, uh, is, um, I always grew up or not grew up, but I went through my career working in laddered systems um, where like, oh, you're a, 
you're an L2 designer. <clears throat> so you're stuck in this pay band. Like we're only ever mm -hmm. going to pay you this much, even though you're shipping work that like some of our higher people are, are shipping. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've just always hated like that corporate bureaucracy or the system mm -hmm. systemization of, of corporate, uh, of a corporate culture. And I think a lot of that also comes from me being underqualified for every job I've ever had and mm. being hired in at these low levels. And so my purview and my pay and all those things have always been predicated on, on that versus like, just look at my portfolio, like, yeah. look at what I've done, look what I'm capable of. And I think that, uh, I, I, the, the last like corporate job I held, like changed my life. And, and I, it was at Netflix and Netflix has like an incredible work culture. Um, it's incredibly flat and it's incredibly, it's incredibly based on, uh, these two words, freedom and responsibility. And yeah. I think that when you hire people and you give them those two words as like, basically their only guiding principles to do their job, do what you want. I got a credit, a no limit credit card on my first day starting there. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. And, and my boss said, you have the freedom to use this money however you want but you have the responsibility to own up to what you spend it on. Mm, and yeah. that principle applies to so many things. You want to try a big feature and ship it out to a hundred million users. You have the freedom to do that, but you also have the responsibility to own the results, good mm, or yeah. bad. And, mm. um, and I loved that. And I thrived in that environment because I could finally just be free to break from the corporate bullshit and the levels and the approvals and the systems and just be truly creative. And um, Netflix has a volatile culture because not everybody's like that. A lot of people get fired because they need that structure. They need that tell me what to do next type of thing. Um, but the people that don't end up thriving and creating one of the biggest, best businesses in America or in, 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 on the globe. Mm. And, I, and it, it's because the people at Netflix are empowered to be creative and mm. to uh, see out ideas. Long story short, um, applying that to how I'm building Alchemy with Isaac is, you know, we are hiring partners, not employees. And yeah. everybody I talk to, whether they're a, um, someone who ingests content or a software developer uh, or a marketing person, it is you own this vertical. Like, and I trust you, whatever you say is going to represent who we are, capture our vision, and then use your skill set to push the vision forward in your area of expertise. And it, it hasn't always worked out. Like we've had to let people go. We've had some turnover, um, but I would take that turnover every time over hiring drones under me who execute on tasks that I tell them to do. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of that also comes from me growing up playing in team sports, me playing in lots of bands. Um, I've never been a solo artist. I've never been uh, a quarterback. Like uh, it's, it's uh, I think your guitar solo is only as good as the bass line under it, the rhythm yeah. guitar and the drums. And, um, and so, yeah, as we build Alchemy, um, it's all about activating those like, very free to think, to innovate, to drive forward, um, highly aligned, loosely coupled. Wow. That was a uh, damn.
Yeah. Well, I mean, so son of a bitch, what the fuck is <laughs> happening right now? Man? We're, we're witnessing the next generation of fucking genius in front of us. This is great, dude. <laughs> just, dude, just the the way that you you speak about shit, I'm just in trance. I'm fucking locked in over here. Go well, I, I I started that com- I started that question with there's two reasons. Mm. One is to understand what's going on behind, but also, you know, it is an opportunity for me to pass along lessons to my son. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my words don't carry as much as other people's words. And mm-hmm. so putting us in front of people that are doing things that, you know, A, we respect on the surface, but B, behind the surface, we're knowing more and more what it takes to mm-hmm. do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then to understand, okay, what is happening back there is really valuable information yeah. for, 100%. you know, on a very personal level for Bodhi. And um, so that's, those are the two, <laughs> the two underlying reasons why I asked the question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the biggest, like we, we have so far to go. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm so proud of what we've created, but I mean, we have, we have so far to go and, um, yeah. and, but, but I, I can look back on several successes and things that I am very proud of. And I think, yeah. um, we're like milestone moments for us. And, and um, I think that there's one sort of word that got us those successes and it's care. Mm. I think we personally care a lot, like a fuck ton, um, mm. a, a whole lot. And um, not only care about what our player base thinks, our community, our discord server, our followers, um, we care about being stewards of the content that our creators are creating and trusting us to put on our platform. Uh, we care about every single button and what the one pixel stroke is on the, that button and how the opacity of it, like every mm. detail we care obsessively about. And, um, and uh, I think that, again, that comes out of necessity and, and Bodhi, maybe you can relate with this too, is always having to fight for that seat at the table or fight to get something that maybe other people get a little bit easier. Um, I think that, you know, alchemy is exactly that. Like we, we didn't have this pedigree of like video game development or design or billions of dollars, millions of dollars, even, um, we we just cared a lot and we obsessed and we obsessed and we obsessed we worked really 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 hard um for you know time consistency yeah Um, and that's what that's what i think we can attribute success to to this point that's awesome and i think for anyone listening you know and and dude it's the same thing we're we're finding out on our end in terms of you know it, it it's exactly the same thing you know we we at one point were going about this the wrong way. And we, we learned, um, you know, about a year into our, our kind of progress and, and where we were at that, you know, our, our whole thing is, you know, you're like, it comes down to one word care on our end. It's connections. We're all about, you know, building connections with people, you know, and whether that's, you know, our followers who are, you know, again, telling us what they want, whether it's, you know, me and Tom as father and son, us with, you know, our, um, you know, our, team and things like that as well as then also anyone else that we collaborate or work with or you know engage with in any capacity you know and so i think you know it's it's that space dude of understanding that you know if you're creating something to to come away being a badass 
or come away, you know, with with the with the Watsy billions or whatever, it's not going to happen. You can know that you're, you know, you're going to push this thing to the line where you're going to be amazing because you know you believe in your own drive and your own, you know, ability to succeed. But I think, you know, when it comes down to it, it's it's all about, you know, that area of supporting and, and building that community and growing with your community, growing with what they want, growing with the times, growing with your team, you know, and, and, and building that space that allows everyone to move forward and not stagnate and continue to progress and all that kind of stuff. And again, just, just super inspiring. I think, you know, for anyone who is listening, who, who wants to, you know, start a company or, you know, work, work within a TTRPG company or things like that, you know, they might not run things similar to how, Chris does or how we do here, but they, you know, within that same space, the consistency, you know, the creativity, the care, the the connections, all that kind of stuff is what is going to elevate yeah. you, your team, um, your products, you know, all that kind of stuff is what takes that stuff to the next level and pushes it even further, you know, leading to exceptional success on Kickstarter from you guys, you know, and, and you know, <laughs> hopefully, you know, success on our end, you know, with our Kickstarter and things. And I think, you know, again, like you said, it, there's something as a creative, and I'm sure you you understand this. There's something as a creative of like, and, and I'm not sure how fulfilled you were working at. By the way, it, it, what a stellar career! Semi semi pro athlete, fucking Google, Netflix, Jesus Christ, like, what, what's happening? But um, but like, you know, I'm not sure how fulfilled you were in those positions and how creatively fulfilled you were. But I know that at this moment in time. I'm doing what I was meant to do. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. on the path that is like, I'm, I'm creating the shit that I was meant to create. And I'm, I'm in a space where, you know, I'm doing what I was meant to do. And as a creative, I need to get that out there and I need to, you know, give something to the people. I just feel super lucky, you know, that we're in the space of TTRPGs and we can do it in this space as well, man. So I can just see yeah. likewise stuff on your own. man. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm a big effect wax philosophical for a second like <laughs> I, i'm a i'm a big believer that uh you know life is about seasons and i think that that's very counterculture to what i was taught growing up and and sort of what the norm is which is you know do your time do your school get yeah. get the career build a pension retire uh you yeah. know at 65 and then polish the hubcaps on your motorhome like, <laughs> and and that life was never was never interesting to me. Um, I just have way too many interests in life. And, you know, right now, uh, and for the last five years, I've been obsessed with TTRPGs, and this is what I'm doing now. But, um, you know, like you said, there was sports before and, and music, you know, uh, there was working in tech. And, and I think that I think everybody needs to know that it's okay to change your mind about things. Totally. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that you're going to dwarf your success. If you change your mind at 40 and you're like, okay, now I'm going to do something different um, and start at the bottom because I think the secret, there's a big secret in life, many, many secrets. But one of the big ones that I've learned is that it is, it is struggling at the bottom that is the most fulfilling and the most fun. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, for me, it was trying to get the interview at Google or, mm. you know, trying to build the portfolio, working for free for so many of these places. Uh, or I, I think some of the best times of my life were 
writing music in a garage and trying to get a, a showcase with a manager to get onto a label and then get that first tour, you know, and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, once that part wears off, there's always somewhere to go, but it's never as exciting mm. as trying to build, um, mm. reaching into the, to the ground, pulling dust and, and then blowing life into it and making something new. So. It's a, Dude, I say something similar. It's that, that I've said this actually it's, since the first time I, I, I left like uh, to go traveling on my own. I was like, I realized that jumping into the void and like leaping into the unknown and, and, and you know, whether you know every, you know, whether you've trained for the jump or whether you're just jumping on a whim and you're, you're just hoping for the best, you know, those unknown spaces, like you said, picking up that dirt, going into those unknown spaces and creating something, building something, or, you know, experiencing that place is where life happens, man. If you're comfortable, sh shit, life is happening around you. I promise yeah. you life is happening <laughs> around you and, yeah. uh, and you're, and you're missing some bits. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's, that's a really, really big thing. Um, look, we, we, we want to round this out, but I want to say, you know, what an incredibly inspiring Thing for I think anyone to hear and, and stuff like that. I actually wanted to ask you a question that has been burning in my mind from the moment you came on the call um, to kind of round this out because of the guitars in your background. <laughs> Who is your favorite guitarist of all time? Oh man, um, I would say uh, this. Most people would expect some like great legend or something, mm. um, but I love Arun Bali from Saves the Day. Okay. Uh, I think that um, he he is the most innovative lick writer, mm -hmm. um, but more importantly than that, I I'm more of a tone chaser, and mm -hmm. he has the most incredible tone. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm a kind of big like post rock like uh, I obviously roots in punk and hardcore mm -hmm. and stuff like that, uh, but saves the day emo emo rock punk like was yeah always one of my favorite bands and uh he he's just an incredible guitarist hell oh, yeah also close second um yvette young from uh covet okay um, nice she's like a um she does tapping um yeah. all with with her fingers and she's like insane <laughs> amazing dude thank you for sharing that with us I, I i was sat wondering i was like i was like i've got to know i've just got to know before we have, let's go for it what do you want to say no i got one more as well so you're, <laughs> you're, just real quick real quick uh this is this is just a, a fun one what did you guys do on uh day 30 at 12 o'clock or whatever yeah yeah like what was your like what was our celebration like thing or what, what was your post let's say your post week after yeah. the Kickstarter, how much of it was healing? How much of it was celebrating? How much of it was like, what do we get? Like, what Black do we got to do? Drunk, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you know, you know me well already. Um, <laughs> I mean, after slinking in my chair, um, wondering what the hell just happened, uh, I went to my my favorite taco shop down the road, sat outside and drank maybe three margaritas. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite drink of all time, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean the Kickstarter, like, just like full disclosure, I I was I was aiming for like, 172k, like that would have been amazing. That would have helped us achieve all of our goals, and um and then when it hit 250, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is this is awesome. This is so cool. More so that like 
<clears throat> not that we had this money, but more so this validation of like, people want what, we, what we're bringing and yeah. that, that meant everything. And then, um, and then I like watching it go up and up and up. I, I remember thinking like, well, dang, what's like the highest grossing Kickstarter for a BTT of all time. And, and I found that number and it was like 667 or something like that. And I was like, I wonder if we can break that number. Mm. And then we did. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how cool is this? This is amazing. I'm, I feel so lucky, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, it, that was a very, very cool moment for us. I think it was a very much a high, I think, um, and this is, this is great advice for anyone doing a Kickstarter. I, I set my expectations so reasonably that, mm. um, that almost to where I almost couldn't appreciate where we were because I was just like, blown away that it even happened. I was like, I think we're, we've got one too many numbers on the screen. <laughs> There's one digit too much. Like they're going to take yeah. that one off yeah. soon. They, I know they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think that that, that helped a lot because we've done, uh, this was our third Kickstarter. Um, we've created a couple of books and mm -hmm. the, the, I remember the first book that we created, you kind of go into Kickstarter very starry eyed and mm -hmm. you see, you know, Heliana's Guide to Monster Hunting do $5 million uh, mm. or Fool's Gold do 2 million or all, whatever. And you think like, well, what's possible? Like you mm -hmm. just never know. Um, but there, there is a very, very intricate formula that those people are using, you know, to get to that, to get to that level. And then of course there's luck and, and, um, yeah. and the, the quality of the content and whatnot, but you know, setting that, that expectation to a reasonable level is very key. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's a banging piece of advice to, uh, to, to round this out on. Um, I'll hand over to you to, uh, to direct people where they can find out more about you guys, the team, Alchemy, the, the, the RPG, and, and the, the space that you guys are in. Uh, where can people go to check that stuff out, man? Yeah, thank you. Um, AlchemyRPG.com is our website. Uh, we just finished our Kickstarter. Um, I don't even know how long ago. This is a blur. It was like a month ago. Uh, <laughs> so we are still accepting late pledges. You can find a link to that on our website. Um, the Kickstarter is for Alchemy version one. We've been in early access for a little bit over a year as we've been building mm -hmm. the product and we're getting ready to ship it in September. And we, we couldn't be more excited. Um, the Kickstarter is a way to celebrate that, um, but also to activate all of our partnerships that we've built over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and they're basically just a, a my wish list of all my favorite creators. Um, so there's a lot of really, really amazing ones on there from Chaosium to Paizo to Free League to Modifius. Um, and so, uh, so they've been incredibly supportive and incredibly gracious. Um, and really, I feel like that was kind of the biggest like boon for me in this was like those people all put their names on our product mm -hmm. and believed in us. And um, and I think that's why we were successful with it. Um, but uh, but yeah, all, there's a lot of great content available uh, at a great, 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 great price. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, ever, 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 ever the salesman. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's, I, I was adding up, like, 
I mean, you create Kickstarter tiers and you want them yeah, to be yeah. affordable and stuff. And, and, you know, it was funny because the day before the campaign, uh, someone was like, you should do like an all in lifetime, yeah. just insane pledge tier. Yeah. $500. I was like, no one's going to, why would anyone back that? It's $500 for like a digital product. And so I threw it on there and it, it ended up being our most popular pledge Pledged, tier for like yeah. the first uh, two weeks. But when I, when I counted it all up, I was like, all right, there's 62 titles in here, you know, ranging anywhere from $40 to $5 on, in a retail mm -hmm. setting. Um, you know, five, uh, the lifetime membership, um, you know, to Alchemy, if we kind of calculate that, um, mm. it you can sort of calculate everything and you're like, wow, this box is worth like $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 500 is yeah. a pretty good deal. And yeah. um, I was just stoked that like people kind of did that math. <laughs> yeah, they did the math, yeah. I mean, even even the decks as well. Like, sure, sure. We, we were doing the math earlier. We were like, Tom was like, damn, 500 is crazy. And then I was like, yo, but that's lifetime, though, dude. I was like, you got to think about that's lifetime, bro. And then he was like, that's such a good point. And yeah, when you start doing that math, you start being like, you know, when you've been subscribed to XVTT for X amount of time and, and but I also blah, blah, think blah, that... you know, you start being like, wow, I'm so... Yeah. I think the decks as well, like you do the math on the decks on, yeah. you know, 10, 10 pieces of, like you said, you're mentioning names like Paizo and, you know, all, all of them, you know, Cobalt, yeah. Norton, and 10 of those for 50. And then you, you had the nice little thing in your Kickstarter that did the actual math of like, dude, you're saving $189 on each one of these decks, or at least, yeah. um, people start doing that and it counts, you know, it counts. And, you know, you start really thinking about things like that. So the, the way that you set that up was really, really clever. And I hugely, hugely admire it because uh, it was, it was, it was a, you know, the individual parts are powerful on their own, but bring it all together. And it's a fucking super, you know, it's a supercharged product and that's what you did. And it was yeah. really impressive. I mean, people, people on Kickstarter, you know, they, Kickstarter is a pre-order platform, but they're not mm. there to pre-order. They're there for value and exclusivity. Yeah. And and I think if you can offer those two things on, on a campaign, then, you know, you're giving Kickstarter people what they want. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, as always, homie and the dude, father and son, TTRPG, MMA team, we've had our exceptional guest here with us today chris thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to chat with us and and just break down some of that and share a little bit about yourself as well man I'm, I'm sure you know everyone out there who loves alchemy and is is getting hyped for alchemy and you know counting down days for subscriptions and all that kind of stuff i'm sure they're going to be hyped to learn a little bit more about the force that's uh, that's behind it all so thank you for taking the time man we really yeah. appreciate it yeah guys it was an honor um really appreciate you having me and um yeah, like I said, it's an honor to be able to share a little bit more about our story and, you know, the people behind oh, yeah. it. So thanks. Appreciate Hell it. Oh, yeah. For us guys, um, check out our Discord server if you want to join our growing community of over 800 people at this point. Uh, just a beautiful, safe, inclusive space where you can share your ideas, talk shit, and have a good time, basically. Um, as well as that, um, check out our newsletter of holding if you want to stay up to date with all of our projects that we're working on and get free TTRPG supplements from us here at Homie and the Dude. And then finally, we have our Kickstarter coming up very, very soon. So please check out Sky Zephyrs. Um, it is going to be the newest and best way that is going to revolutionize vehicle combat in Dungeons and Dragons. 
Um, we are so excited to bring you guys this new age of vehicles for Dungeons and Dragons uh, to your tables and, and to all of you. So thank you so much for taking the time and we'll uh, catch you guys in the, uh, in the next one. Thanks guys. Thanks, Chris. Awesome.